Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Wire People Into That listeners, it's Tina here. So this interview with Shine Louise Houston that you're about to hear was recorded on May 11th, 2020, before the protests that have galvanized the nation in the wake of the murders by the police of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and so many others. These protests are fueled by a painful legacy of violent injustice, but also a legacy of movement organizing and community care. I support these protests with every fiber of my being, and I support you, my listeners, who are in the streets and contributing to the movement with cash to bail funds and mutual aid organizations, with your intellectual outreach, with art making, and conversation. I know that all kinds of different people listen to this show, and as a white creator, I want to say something to my white listeners. Somebody wise pointed out to me that one of the most important things that we can do right now, it's early July 2020 as I say this, is to stay critical. Let's stamp out the lie that these ideas, these demands for abolition of the police and systemic violence, that these ideas came from nowhere and will just sort of recede into the background when things calm down. If you're reading books about how to be an anti-racist or how to talk about race, that's wonderful. But please don't stop there. Keep the conversation going and be humble. We are all struggling with unprecedented grief and uncertainty in 2020, but there's also a lot of hope to look to. When I was editing my interview with Shine, I decided to get her on the phone again and ask her if there was anything that she wanted to add about the resurgence of Black Lives Matter protests and what it means to be a queer woman of color in the arts during a time of so much social upheaval. If you want to hear that, you can listen to part one of my interview with her. And now here's part two, Shine Louise Houston on the topic of why are people into voyeurism? Happy Pride to everyone out there in your rhinestone-encrusted leather masks. Stay safe and righteous. I love you. I guess the first time we met was the first time that I was booked on Crashpad. Probably, yeah. Which was, uh... 2009? Somewhere around there, because I think that was... Oh, yeah, that was around when we did Champion, so that's got to be 2009. That's right. Yeah. 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 It was it was around that time. Yeah, with Gray. Gray, what's what's shit? What, what was her stage name? Something Gray. Oh, uh, Casey Gray. Casey Gray. Casey Gray. That's, I love that. Yeah. That was such a great scene. <laughs> Casey Gray and I are, are still very good friends, and we, oh, we work good. together at, at the dungeon for many oh, years, and, uh, right and she's like my dom mom, even though she's a year younger than me. Ah! The pictures from... I haven't watched any of those scenes in a long time but i love i love all all mm. my crash pad pictures they're definitely some of my my favorite pictures nice. of 
myself, I think partially because of of the reasons that we were just talking about. Like, uh, it's an environment where I feel like mm. I can be the sexual self that I want to be while feeling like mm. as unselfconscious about the camera as I as I can be with a camera in the room. Yeah, you guys were out the Bayview. That's right. It was Bayview. Yeah, that was like way way, the way fuck out, out there. there. Much more exciting, sketchy uh Bayview Very sketchy. location. Yeah. yeah. But it was all right. <laughs> it was great. I must have done something right cuz you guys had me had me back Quite a that, quite yeah. quite a few times as recently as yeah. I guess that was with Erica Ohms. Yes, two thousand eighteen. Uh, what is time? I don't know. Yeah, so then, it's still the nineties. Oh my god. Yeah, so so <laughs> yeah, I did a scene with Erica Ohms in twenty eighteen, which was yeah. also a, yeah a whole lot of fun and yeah, it's funny. Okay, I'm gonna say something kind of out there, but like <laughs> okay, <laughs> but like you know how so many tv shows are getting and movies even are getting reboots in this like oh, unprecedented yeah. way right now yeah and yeah. and because of that especially when they're like very artsy like for example twin peaks the return which i have mixed feelings yeah. about but yeah. when you when you watch these reboots with the same you know a lot of the same cast a lot of the same performers mm -hmm. then all of a sudden yeah. time becomes a material in the storytelling right because people's mm -hmm. bodies have literally aged changed yeah. yeah and and so so i kind of feel like when i look back at my crash pad scenes over the course of a decade plus at this point, yeah, I can see the way that my body has changed over the years. I can see the way that my, this sort of unique taste palette that not everyone can point to of like my taste palette of like, who do I want to shoot on crash mm. bed with has yeah. changed because yeah. all sorts of different relationships and friendships like represented there yeah. and like what those scenes were like and what I chose to wear and yeah. what I chose to do. I feel like because of that, I have this sort of like, uh, ongoing document of like my 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 body and my sexuality that you have mm -hmm. facilitated and you know I mean there mm -hmm. it was also work those were jobs and you yeah. also gave me yeah. jobs thank you uh, <laughs> uh, uh, gigs that's just it's just a nice thing to have and I'm mm -hmm. sure other people who have shot with you over the years yeah. probably. Have, have their own version of that yeah, yeah 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 have people talked to you about anything like that the way that that crash pad has sort of become like an archive of yeah. queer yeah sex culture I mean, several uh, several people have said that like just on a on a cultural level but like on a personal level especially people who have kind of transitioned through like physically yeah transition who have gone through transition and shooting crash pad like over the years and watching like kind of documenting their transition through through certain episodes. Yeah. But it is it's kind of it's cultural sociological study. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I mean there's so many trends that come and go. You know what I mean? It was just haircuts. Like, 
haircuts, pumps, no pumps, blowjobs, no blowjobs. Um, That's it, basically. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it kind of documents certain, like, sexual trends. It's really, it's got, it's like... Somebody should study it. I'm sure people have. Somebody should study it. Yeah. Though, can you, can you like, give, so do you have any other, do you have any <laughs> other examples of like, of, of things that you have seen change over change? the years? Over 15, uh, 15 years? Is In a- the first couple of years, it was just, and possibly because it is such a self-selection of like who right? kind of self-selects to apply. But um, right. I remember like the first time we finally like had a trans woman apply and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, finally. So, and now, you know, it's, it's not rare to get a trans guy yeah. or a trans woman or, you know, it's just like, but for a while there, it was totally rare. <laughs> it was rarefied. Mm, yeah. What do you think changed? I t- actually, I'm not too sure. I don't know if I could put a finger on it. Yeah. I really don't. All I know is that, you know, suddenly people were self-selecting. Because I mean, yeah. we look at stuff and like you know how people describe themselves, da 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 da, and you know there are certain criteria that we you know like, are you local? Are you brown? Are you older? Are you this? Are you, you know, and then so like there's certain criteria that will bump you up, but it was just interesting. And now a whole another section of people are are self-selecting. So you know, in that sense, it's you know things things have changed. What kinds of people? Even more brown people, even more trans people. We've got we. It's still not as many older folks. I still want to get older folks, but they're not self-selecting as much either. Well, we're all getting older all the time. So. Yeah, I know. I mean, in that sense, like you know, the people who have like who shoot repeatedly, yes, like there's that, but we're not getting straight off the bat forty plus. But I'm also, but I'm also saying, you know, I mean, people who, you know, might have first seen the crash pad the first crash pad movie when they were 40 are now 55 yeah that's math right yeah that's math (laughs) (laughs) you know so people are the the longer you keep doing it the more that you know your fans are gonna keep (laughs) aging to right and not just apply (laughs) yeah exactly are there types of folks or types of scenes that are that you that have eluded you over the years that you are still just um, like really wanting to shoot no I don't think it's a matter of things that I really want to shoot I will say that uh, a lot of times I'm like okay I've seen absolutely everything that's it <laughs> we've shot over 300 scenes yeah. I've seen everything. There's only so many things you can do with so many bodies. And then something will happen. I'll be like, oh, well, all nice. right then. <laughs> I mean, more and more, it's kind of le- like less and less usual. But, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, wow. I have a lot to learn still. Uh, <laughs> Well, we will we will just let people use their imaginations and try yeah. to figure out what that might be. The cameras mm-hmm. were had, had had a few functions. One from the producer side, you know, do we need that light bulb kind of thing? Right, right, right. It it provides a cutaway. So it has a function. If I really, really need it, I, I can use a cutaway. And it was just kind of like a nice yeah. like little stylistic element there and it helped me cut things when you can't cut. Just to put it out there, there's a, I feel like it's a funny thing, an un, 
spoken thing about Crash Pad is like, you know that I know that you know that I know that there's cameras in there. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I feel like, you know, the conceit of the Crash Pad is like anybody who's going there, even though the cameras are quote unquote secret, that right. we all know that there's cameras there. Do you know right. what I mean? So it's not the yeah. same type of weird, creepy feeling if it was like a dude, like right. watching, you know, like the iconic white dude right. with the video camera the, watching. The peeping it's Tom. not that story. Yeah. Yeah. It's not in a weird sort of way. It's not that story. <laughs> okay. This is a great segue into why are people into voyeurism? Because <laughs> you, what you just described is essentially thematically incorporating yourself if you will your queer woman of color gaze (laughs) into every scene (laughs) so in a way you've totally like taken yourself out of it also also i'm totally in it yeah in in, like inserted yourself into (laughs) into every 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 scene and you know so 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 again (laughs) for for those who are listening who have never watched a crash pad scene get your life together (laughs) the recurring motif is of the key master and the the key master is played by shine Mm -hmm. and there's not really a lot of like new it's not like we see the key master like doing something like different every episode or something like that it's it's there's not a, there's not a lot of like new footage no, sorry. of the key, what the key master's up I to. Know. Sorry, <laughs> we should do like a spinoff. Yeah, of, like the key a day the in the key life. Master, of yeah. the key oh master. my god, oh that's my a, god, that's a free pitch for you. <laughs> so so the the key master played by Shine, you know, is is watching all of these scenes that are happening in the crash pad which you know presumably the key master owns yeah <laughs> the key yeah. master like you know is is a landlord which yeah. is you know really make, gives it that extra scariness <laughs> um. <laughs> but i mean oh wait wait there are i do make some appearances where it's like i got stuck under the bed between i think was it oh right was that you or dylan no i think it was you know dylan. i was there yeah. that day oh drew devoe drew devoe I'm pretty sure it was the scene with Drew yes. Devoe and I was stuck under the bed. Yes. And I was, I was shooting the next, cause you guys shoot um two scenes in a day. Yeah. And so I was like essentially in like the, the, the green yeah. room while you, you guys yeah. were doing the thing where you were stuck. I was quote unquote bed. stuck under the bed. I've done funny little narrative themes, things with like the key master, but mostly actually it's really funny. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, God, my eyes have, aged i've got like wrinkles and things and so i'm like ah, eh, i'll just use that old footage from like 10 years ago <laughs> <laughs> that eye no, looks you better have to, you, you're using a you're using time as an element no, right. uh, exactly i totally <laughs> meant to do that keep the keep keep the wrinkles in the yeah picture. jesus fucking christ so my <laughs> connection with the watching of the watching of the watching of the watching which isn't 100 yeah. percent connected to my personal experience of voyeurism, but more, you know, the artistic machinations of voyeurism. So I've told this story before. Sorry if you've heard it before. I was at the Lusty Lady, you know, the peep show. Oh, yeah. And it was the first time I had been there. And I had, you know, gone into the little booth, you know, making sure not to touch anything, put my quarters (laughs) into the machine window goes you know and there's a girl 
dancing in front yeah. of the windows and of course immediately asked to see her shoes and of course, <laughs> of course. and then what kind of shoes was she wearing Shine? oh god they were these nice black things anyway <laughs> yes <laughs> they were very nice shoes but a couple of things happened one it was this funny moment where we're trying to talk to each other through the glass but it's really hard to hear and yeah. i think i i can't remember what the question she asked but i tried to answer it and then she couldn't quite hear and so for a second she kind of broke character mm. and was kind of like ah whatever and so yeah, that yeah, was yeah. that was that one like oh right the performance and so it was kind of like this is before i had ever shot any porn anything nothing like this you know i'm still kind of like okay just just watch the shoes and then i kind of look past her cuz i'm like something's back there and what I see is myself. You, yeah. And yeah. I still have the look on my face from watching her. And right. it was a look that I had never seen on my face before. And it was this weird kind yeah. of feedback loop that just happened of just like me watching myself, watching her, watching me, watching. And I was like, <laughs> you know, kind of went down this really bizarre, like a rabbit hole. Because <laughs> uh, if you don't know, the back of the lusty lady is mirrored. <laughs> Right. Like, it's all mirrored. The whole wall is mirrored. I guess so you can see all sides at all times. Yeah. Um, but what happened is, like, that I wound up seeing myself. And that was really bizarre. Um, and so that kind of became a theme through, like, all the artwork that I was doing in college. And then kind of filtered into the Crash Pad series. But I would definitely, I, I think over the years, like, really understanding what my relationship is to voyeurism like in a personal sense so it just like so many things just make sense <laughs> you know when i realized it's like oh yeah no this is really this is this is it this is true this is what i like <laughs> yeah well uh, i'm so glad that you told that story on this podcast i it's such a uh, fucking great story and i wonder if you can speak to why do you think that voyeurism has such a strong reputation for being so creepy? I, I think it's because people are assuming that there isn't any consent. Right. I, I think that's the assumption. And I will be first to say, like, you know, I'm very, very careful about how I look and who I look at. Because in a weird sort of way, for me, it's just like looking is like touching. It has that type of sensation. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And Well, it can. I mean, it can certainly feel, to keep on the theme of unpacking the creepiness, yeah, when you're the object of unconsensual voyeurism it can feel as deep a violation as being touched yeah. unconsensually yeah so it's just so like i said i make sure that it's cool but it's you know obviously you know i do look at people's shoes but there's plenty of ways yes. to be a voyeur where the person where the object of your gaze is consenting yeah. to be looked at yeah. and i think that the real creepiness is uh, when voyeurism is a problem mm. is when people can only think when people think that they can only enjoy watching mm. if the person that they're watching is unaware that they are yeah. being watched i mean i feel like that's uh, i'm sure there's so many takes on on voyeurism and what aspects of it 
<laughs> it's going to sound so weird and kind of fucked up. It's like, you know, I'm very, very interested in people and I like people and stuff, but I don't necessarily want to be like totally near them and touch them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? So it's a way of just like, you know, experiencing people without having to experience them in kind of a controlled <laughs> yeah, yeah. and safe way. It's kind of. Well, and also maybe it sounds like without participating or interacting. Yeah. Yeah. You can have like you, that distance. Like you're just observing yes i can have my distance i'm in a weird sort of way it is uh, also i mean like you're saying like with the consent but it is kind of like a top move it's you know it's you are innocent in control and topping the situation it's not a passive right. it's not a passive role do you know what i mean voyeurism yeah, voyeurism? yeah. i mean it could be submissive like a lot of like cuckold fantasy mm. is about being a captive audience right like being like literally like being tied up and being forced to watch something but is it the forced or is it the watching see there's a difference yeah 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 there's there's a difference there there's like a, you know what's really interesting is the forcing or is it the really interesting is the watching and for me it's like it's really the interesting is the watching in in that scenario it's the interaction mm. of like you're you're watching, but there's a context that you've been forced to watch it, so that both like absolves you of your sense of like uh, yeah yeah creepiness yeah 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 because someone is like making, <laughs> making you, you do, do the it. thing that you really want to do yeah <laughs> exactly well exactly and of course most most fantasies have that yeah yeah <laughs> that exact that exact hall of mirrors thing that you were describing of like yeah in order to be into it there needs to be like three levels of topping and bottoming and yeah. <laughs> you know consent non consent consent back around to that but of course you're right like a, a lot of voyeurism is topping yeah coming from a place of power i mean the the next question that i want to ask you is something that you alluded to earlier which is that within the fictional context of a crash pad scene right mm -hmm. the the scenario being that like even when the performers are like playing themselves, yeah. they are playing themselves within the context of of, of a fantasy or or a story yeah. or the 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 set the the scenario of of Crash Pad. Yeah. And and you you said earlier that it's established, it's canon <laughs> that that, <laughs> that the key ma that that people know that they're being watched. That people because this is actually something that I've always. It, it, it doesn't keep me up at night, um, but it's something that I've, that I've always wondered about the key master. <laughs> this is like, That's what like keeps you up prime at night. queer porn nerdiness. Do people know, well, like, what is the, what is the role of consent with the key master? Like, is the key master enjoying the fact that people don't know that... Well, she is watching them. But the thing is, you know, there are several episodes where people totally acknowledge the Keymaster. Right. Yeah. So do you think that everybody knows? I think, you know, people have a clue. Even if they're not 100% yeah. sure, I'm sure that people have a clue. At least that's how, you know, when I kind of, if you look at the whole, like the whole body of it, the whole body of work, like everything, you're like, at this point, people got to know, <laughs> you know, I'm taking you to this place. You know, it has a reputation, <laughs> you know. Totally, totally. I mean, it's kind of creepy, but it's not the same to get the creepy. <laughs> and you you already acknowledged this, but do you think that part of the reason that it's not the same type of creepy is that you are not a straight white guy? Yeah, I really do. 
I really think it's like, I it mean, the, cha- power, it changes. the power dynamic of, is totally different. Yeah. I feel like it completely, it changes. I mean, something that I did in snapshot is similar to what we're talking about here with like changing the voyeur character, like putting a different body in that character. Do you know what I mean? Right. I mean, yeah. if we think about snapshot, uh, the villain is mm. a white guy. The only white guy mm. <laughs> in the movie. He's a serial killer. And like, you know, the two heroes of the story are like brown people, like, you know, and yeah. what happens, uh, you know, one of the characters is a cop and like, oh, what happens when you put that body and that character together? What happens when you put this mm. body and character together? You're assuming that this character is going to get this body. What happens when we change that? And how does that, how does the story change? And how are you interpreting the story according to that, to looking at that body? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. How is the... COVID-19 crisis affecting production well, and business for you guys. I mean, I mean, obviously you're not... We're not shooting. I have a bit of equipment that's supposedly arriving on Wednesday. I've been waiting for it for a long time. And hopefully that will give me an interesting workaround where Ooh, cool. two people can work together remotely, but it won't wow. totally look like crap. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that, I mean, that's actually really relevant to the conversation of, of voyeurism, right? Because, yeah. I mean, we don't have to get into a whole discussion of, like, you know, uh, like video sex and remote sex and sexting and, yeah. and technology and all that. But, like, if, you know, for the time being, your livelihood is based on bringing bodies together yeah. in a very fluidsy yeah way yeah droplets everywhere um, particles (laughs) everywhere if you are in Uh, the need to innovate for your business you are in the need to innovate technology that allows people to create erotic media without putting their bodies at risk yeah so hopefully this does it we're gonna get really weird and creative but hopefully in an aesthetically pleasing fashion. That's my goal. <laughs> That's always been very important to you, which yeah. I appreciate. Making I things pretty. I can't look at ugly. It hurts. Like, and I've just been like I... pushing and pushing. And like, when I when I first did Crash Bad series was when the um I was gonna go with the Sodi. Was it the PD one fifty? Because that was the best at mm-hmm. the time. But then right before we shot, the DVXs came out. The Panasonic DVX, mm. which was one of the first prosumer grade cameras that would do 24p and i was like oh fuck yeah we're doing 24 frames per second you know and when i got that camera because it's still you know nobody had interchangeable lenses except for like the super high-end uh, video cameras i was like just give it 10 years give it 10 years and this shit is gonna look as mm. good as film 10 years later finally the, the first af 100s finally came out and it was like now i have something reach and it was interchangeable lenses which is a game changer I fucking hate video lenses. I'm sorry. I do. (laughs) 
give me a good cinema lens. Yeah. And, you know, for me, that was just like, here it is. Finally, we're getting closer. We're so close. I just recently took the plunge into a very, very a lens that I've been like lusting after for a while now. And it does. It looks like I'm it looks like I'm shooting on 35 millimeter film. I got a cook lens. And it's just like it looks I it's like going back to when I was shooting on 16, but like even better. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for all of the film nerds. Yeah, so yeah, okay. Show. That, the Shogun, the Shogun Flame, the the Sony <laughs> Sony SF5. It looks good. You know, and that's how we shot camera and I, and it looks great. It looks amazing. Skin tones. It looks great. Skin tones are amazing. Like you can you can literally I could literally like record a blank wall, a blank white wall, and it would look beautiful. <laughs> That sounds like Hollywood. <laughs> so, you know, so I'm pretty happy. I'm finally happy with my setup. It took like over 10 years. But like now I'm finally really, really happy with my setup. Now the real good shit is going to start coming. I know, but I got I got this like awesome rig and then I got fucking blue balled, man. Now I can't do shit. So. Oh, yes. You know? Well, so, hopefully you will yeah. be able to. I know. I had so many things that I wanted to shoot this year that just aren't going to happen. Anyway, I mean, yeah. it, it is interesting. It's well, it's interesting to think about, you know, something that I that I am fond of saying is that voyeurism is participation. And I mm. say that in a few different contexts. One is when people are nervous to go to a sex party or even like yeah. a sexually what I like to re like refer to as like a sexually extroverted space right so an event that is like kink themed or leather themed or, right. or even like a queer dance party where people are like being sexy but it's not necessarily like a play party yeah. per se or it's some sort of like art or cultural or educational or political event that is related to sexuality um, again not necessarily a play party yeah. but a space where um, you know sexuality is sort of a theme of the of the gathering and you know uh when people are are shy or, or nervous to attend those spaces and feel like oh well if i go to those places then i really should mm. like i should hook up with someone or i should go with someone or i should do something and i you know i i always remind people that voyeurism is participation that 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 learning the etiquette of voyeurism yeah. how to like what you were describing, yeah. like not like uh, not like looking somebody up and down in a way that would make them uncomfortable, uncomfortable yeah. but sort of like figuring out like maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Like what what are some tips that you have <laughs> for fellow for fellow voyeurs on the the etiquette of voyeurism so that you can enjoy that whether it's something that you specifically like or whether it's the thing that is available to you <sighs> in order to explore a space. But people, you know, rightfully so are concerned about consent and concerned about etiquette and concerned about not being a creep. You know, right, right. what are what are some, <laughs> tips, some, some a, etiquette tools? Get a production company. <laughs> yeah. No, don't blow up our don't blow up our spot. No, no, uh, I know, but, um, we're, we're just we're just yeah, know, yeah, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I guess one. I mean, this is just how I am. I'm just like very aware of how I'm looking. That's I think the biggest thing. Mm. I just stay aware of like how I'm looking and like really I 
I wouldn't say like self-censor, but like, you know, I mean, obviously in any type of scenario, you're like, well, what's the situation? What's the, what's the vibe? It's, it's different when you're at a club and like, people are like, Hey, hi, check me out. You know what I mean? And so, you know, there's a little bit more of an invitation in that type of situation. You're like, Oh, I feel okay. That is clearly meant to be looked at. Thank you. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to assume that like, I can take a lot but, you know, right. also in right. the situation of just like, okay, like I'm at the cafe. Yes. I'm not going to look or have the freedom to look in the same way as I would like at a club. Well, yeah, I mean, it is about the like social contract of the space. And this isn't to say that like a a a club or a sex party is a free for all or that people can't right. establish their own boundaries. Like, for example, sometimes at a play party voyeurism and exhibitionism is a feedback loop like you were describing yeah. feedback loops show-offs need someone to show, show off too. Off. yeah there are some people who are really sending the signal that they are doing a scene that they they want people to to gawk at you know they right. want people's tongues to like fall out of their mouths and like roll out on the floor like a carpet right mm-hmm. then sometimes people are in those spaces where they want to participate in a space where they know they can be seen, but they don't want the like being seen to be like so yeah. obvious. And I, I think, I mean, I guess with any situation kind of, you know, just have to feel the temperature of the situation and, you know, and if you don't know, ask. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the other thing, right. Is just ask yeah. first. It's like, yeah, do you mind? You know, and, and I mean, and maybe maybe even just this the this advice about etiquette is that it is okay to ask. That yeah. if you go up to somebody, it like if you're at if you're at the Folsom Street Fair and you go up to someone who is having a pony play scene or a puppy play scene or showing off their sexy black pleaser pump heels or whatever, yeah. and you say, uh, hey, I I'm so curious or I, I love what you're doing. Like, would you mind if I watch, like if I watch, you know, how far away would you like me to mm-hmm. be, you know, asking those clarifying questions? I mean, I think that even if somebody's response is no, fuck off. Like then you have your answer. Yeah. Yeah. You got your answer. <laughs> and so I think it's okay to ask if you're not sure, you know, you might have to, have some humility in order to get what you want. And that is, that's more than okay. It's a good thing. Part of the reason that the whole context of Crash Pad is not creepy is that the voyeuristic premise, your voyeuristic identity as a filmmaker, which you have always been very out about, Mm. is not a straight white male peeping Tom voyeuristic identity or voyeuristic premise of crash bad and i guess like would you be willing to speak to well like what is the queer gaze in film and like what what does it mean to be Mm. a queer woman of color who is a voyeur and you know you've already spoken to it being like a a place of power or Mm -hmm. a place of uh, or, or, you know, being like sort of the a tops role, like voyeurism being a, a tops role, mm-hmm. perhaps even in the context of 15 years of Crash Bad. <laughs> if, if the more I gave myself a political goal, queer identity goal, if the more I would limit my scope 
I feel like the less effective I would be as a as an artist or as a filmmaker. Mm. I find that the more I distract myself with, say, technical issues or structural ideas, the more space I have to actually address or, say, undoing certain political ideas or issues about identity. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like if I go headlong into some didactic, idealistic direction, my ideas will be lost. Yeah. The less I think about them and just the more I just do film and and follow some of the funny ideas that I have in my brain, I feel like the more successful I'll be as an artist. And no matter what my intentions are, other people will put a political spin or a a queer lens on what I do. So in a sense, it's not my purpose to create that type of political meaning because other people will do it for Mm. me. What my job is to do is to stay honest as a human and uh, and a filmmaker. It's a good answer. (laughs) Thanks. Well done. Well done. What are you hoping for in the next 15 years of queer porn? Oh, good God. I am hoping to be a queer porn grandpa. That's what I hope. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I feel like maybe grandpa isn't always the right identity, but I just feel like, oh, everybody else is so young. Like, oh, my God. Here, let's sit down. Let me show you something. (laughs) In my day, day. we had to... Sometimes, like new folks will pop up and I'm like, oh my God, you don't even have a 2257 statement. And I've contacted them like, yo, hey, heads up. This shit's for real. I know yeah. nobody's been busted in a long time, but just, you know, cover your ass. Yeah, you, know? you got it. I'm like, hey, hello. And and this is the Free Speech Coalition. And hey, these are your peeps. This is your industry. Hi. Yeah. And I started doing workshops at the Berlin Porn Film Festival. And it's like, look, I had to like, just find and piecemeal a whole bunch of shit on my own. But here, here's everything I've learned in the last 15 years. And this is what I've learned about shooting sex. It's a great starting point. You know, you don't have to take it as gospel just here. Mm. Here's a starting point. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but here's some good points that I found work. And here's what I do for production. And here's what I do for myself before production. And here's what I do for people on set. And here's everything that I've, that I've learned here, just take it and now go do more. (laughs) Do you know? I don't know. I feel like since I've been around a while, I feel like queer porn grandpa. It's like, come here, kid. Let me show you something. Well, you're, you're, you're a grandpa that we're, we're lucky to have. Not every uh, subculture gets gets so lucky with their Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are your what are your goals with pink and white productions in the next fifteen years? That's a hard one because, like I, you know, like I said, I'm kind of in a mire at the moment. Yeah, as we're all we're all in the yeah. we're all in the mire, and it's hard to see past the next year. You know. Yeah. My my triage is just like, well, how do we get up and running? What do we do when we are able to shoot? 
in person and what does that look like? You know, this is obviously going to happen again in a couple of years, next year, yeah. who knows? So do we have a plan for that for in the future? You know, it's creating new internal systems. I mean, we have the past system and all that kind of stuff. And so we, we, we listen to the moratoriums and da 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 So there, there's that system in place, which, you know, has kind of yeah. been our general structure. But like now we're all having to recreate, like create something new. We have a new element. Yeah. Now we have to create a new system. And now it's like, okay, what are our internal systems going to be now to respond to this? Because you know this shit's going to happen again. So It's totally going to happen again. It's totally going to happen again. Like I said, now we're like, my whole thing is just like, how do we have a future? Like I said, I'm investing in some more, some new equipment. So to test that out, how does this work? Could we do this? What else could we do from remote? When we do start shooting in person, what does that look like? And do we always have that in place then for forever, just in case? Yeah. And right now, like, I literally can't see past the end of my nose because these are the issues that are just like right in front of me. There's other weird questions and filler questions and this and that. Um, We were going to have an in-person film festival, but now that's changing. So it's all going to be online and live and this and that. What are the details of that? So, yeah. So the original the original dates was going to be here in San Francisco at the Brava Theater. And it was going to be August 20th and 21st. It's still going to be August 20th and 21st. But now it's going to stream live. And I mean, really live uh, August 20th and 21st this year. So we'll have live Q&A, we'll stream the program, like have Q&A afterwards, interactive. And what's da, it da, called? Da, da, da. It's just, you know, the San Francisco Porn Film Festival. Cool. So, you know, there's London Porn Film Festival, Berlin Porn Film Festival, Spain. So San we're Francisco finally... needs one? Yes, I know. So we were like, we're finally fucking shit. We need a porn film festival, like a big one, not just a day, you know, not just one yeah. program. But we'll have six programs to air live. And like I said, we'll do live Q&A. Like we're building it out right now and hopefully it'll be successful. And we'll probably, when we do it in person, we'll probably still have the the live version. We'll have that capability to broadcast, but that's, that's as far as I can go right now. And that's as far as I'm yeah. letting myself go right now, because there's too much uncertainty. I like my job is to vision the company and make a direction and, and make it happen. Yeah. And right now I can't do my job. This is this is it. Like that's as far as I can go. I'm used to being another whole year out, sometimes a year and a half out planning. Yeah. And that's just my job is that that's not my job now. The only thing I can see right now is in right here. This has been a very hard time for people who are very proud of ourselves for planning ahead. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't. Yeah, you can't. And all the plans that we had that we were so proud that we yeah. had made have been They're foiled. gone. They're just, it's just gone this year. Yeah. It's all gone. That's really rad about the film festival, though. Yeah, we're going to do it. And hopefully... I'll be there. Hopefully we look good. We're going to try to look as good as possible. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm and sure function as good as possible. And fucking fantastic. <laughs> well, you've got a little lead time to yeah. figure that out, yeah. so that's good. Yeah. Tell the listeners about Pink Label TV. So Pink Label TV is our distribution branch of the company. I felt like there was a lot of content that I was seeing at film festivals like Berlin Porn Film Festival and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would see it once and it would go away. And I was like, wait a minute, there should be a platform from all this because it's like, it's amazing. There's like amazing work that's yeah. out there. And it's not necessarily going to get played on like Game Link or ABN or a lot of the big 
names aren't going to pick them up because I've got like one title and it's like six minutes, you know? Right. <laughs> so, you know, we've put, picked up a lot of independent titles and we've been really working hard to try to get a lot of classics. Uh, we picked up everything from Fatal Media. Oh my God. Yes. yes. A lot of stuff from like, from Bijou, like old uh, 70s, 60s, 70s, gay male porn. Oh, yes. We have a few Metzger titles while they're still available so much stuff there's just so much now you know and everything from like small independence to you know things from erica lust and anna span you know what i mean so it's quite a collection yeah and so it's a video it's an online video on demand service so it's i mean it's essentially like yeah. a clip store yeah i mean you can buy a la carte you can buy like you know rent or 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 buy to to, to own in your library films or you can buy a membership and then you have access to everything that's in the membership area. Not everything is in the membership area, but like 99% of everything is in there. It's basically like the Criterion Collection yes. channel, but for like indie, yes. queer, yes. feminist, yeah. ethical, artsy mm-hmm. porn. Yeah. <laughs> Kamikaze Hearts we had for a little while. Blood Sisters is still up. So we've got like... Oh my God, uh, we have like wakeful pool we have like some wakeful pool that is fucking rad i mean listen people ask me all the time to recommend places that they can get porn that they can feel good about and the thing that is so great about pink label tv is that there is such a variety and there are, there are lots of different filmmakers and kinds of filmmakers and there's different kinds of film and some of it is more like prurient interest hardcore smut appeal Mm -hmm. and some of it is more like documentary or artsy experimental um but there's there's just there's just so much Mm -hmm. stuff on there and it's a great it's it's very it's very well curated thank you by (laughs) by you and a couple other people and you have great taste i mean i do think that quarantine is a great time for people to be getting in touch with good quality porn them all the money that you're saving on dining out and (laughs) lifts uh you can buy porn put towards yeah you can buy porn which you which you should be doing do you want to give people the quick pitch on why they should pay for their porn uh you should pay for your porn so we can keep making it <laughs> yep. <there> seriously. <laughs> so seriously. You know, if you want to be Why do you think that's so hard for people to understand? Oh god, don't get me on my soapbox. Please, it's a soapbox oh, show. God. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, basically Pornhub has undermined the whole economic system of the of the industry. And so please. And why is Pornhub bad? Uh, because it's pirated. People don't understand how much was pirated and then how many companies went under and then were bought by Pornhub. Like it was yeah. completely predatory. It was unbelievable. And yeah. people are thinking, oh, Pornhub is such a great company. And they're so, oh, they're so with it and hip. No, dude, they're the fucking mafia. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and they're also evil white tech bros. Uh, yeah, who really actually don't give a shit about the industry. They really don't. Like, I know I hear yeah. a lot of talent saying that, you know, fees have plummeted and all this kind of stuff because of 
now when the, the companies that they took over, like, you know, a lot of things have changed and yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not down with them. And I really don't, it's still kind of questionable who even fucking owns the company. And it's just weird. It's just weird. And, you know, my conspiracy theory is it's like, you know, they don't really care about porn. It's just like it's it's a good industry to use to get something else. I don't know. Maybe they're data mining or something. Who knows what they do? I really don't know. I don't understand. Well, that's ooh, very tinfoil hat. If you I know. Wish. Very tinfoil hat. But like, I'm just confused by this company. I just don't understand them. You know what I mean? I don't really don't get how they do what they do and why they do it. Well, it definitely does seem like regardless of what little good they might be giving back, that their primary function is to take advantage of the shame that people have about enjoying porn, particularly online with how easy it is to, to pirate it and then access it through streaming on a personal device and they're they're taking advantage of the fact that people don't want to support you know like institutional and like regulatory bodies don't want to like don't want to take a stand for the industry and and people don't want to admit that they are consumers yeah and so this this company is taking advantage of that that's my hot take yeah but also probably data mining. Yeah, probably. But I just don't trust them as far as I could throw them. I stay far, far away from them. Meanwhile, Pink and White and Pink Label TV and Crash Pet Series are independent, Bay Area, queer, woman of color, owned and run. They are a business that you can feel good about giving your money to. There you go. But also just shout <laughs> out, like, dude, like, seriously, no shame for people who are like are now doing the like monetize your channel shit totally on Pornhub. Fuck it. Like you can't beat them. Join them. I get that. As a great writer, Nona Aronowitz wrote last year about Amazon that capitalism breaks your kneecaps and then sells you discounted crutches. Yeah, exactly. Capitalism is organized. <laughs> Shine Louise Houston. We've known each other for a long time. Yeah. It's really nice to have this long conversation i wish we could have had it in person but all things considered i'm glad we could hop on the phone and do you want to tell people where they can find you and or your work on the internet you can find me on twitter at shine louise i'm also on instagram it's mostly pictures of my cat i didn't notice that (laughs) you can find us at crashbedseries.com you know contact page pinklabel.tv where can people find out more about the san francisco porn film festival uh if you go to sfpornfilmfestival.com there's information there you know sfpornfilmfestival.com um by june there'll be more information because we'll have uh our finalized selections fantastic shine congratulations again on 15 years of crash pad it has been an honor to be a part of it and uh, i can't wait to see what you do next and thanks for coming on why are people into that awesome thank you for having me it's been awesome (laughs) (laughs) ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 